It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. There's no other way to put it. They just, they're bad. You know, I mean, they had a rookie last week, throw for five touchdowns, almost 300 yards rushing, and against an offense, yeah, it's been better the last few weeks, but still not one of the top offenses in the, in the league. Welcome back. It is BGN Radio. We're doing the three-man weave this morning. It's James Elser, Brandon Gowton, myself, John Barchard. More questions than answers, as I'm sure all of you, I mean, you know, half the town is ready to depart with Chip, maybe more, even trade him to Tennessee. More than half, maybe, potentially. More than half. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely more than half. So, uh, we, I know, we got a lot, of, a lot to get into as far as just what exactly do, do you do now? And I know that there's a lot of folks that kind of go back into the past. That's where I feel like we're at now. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that just want to go back to the good the good feels. We're starting to romanticize about Andy Reid now. We're starting to romanticize about four three defenses and Jim Johnson, and getting a storyline about Vinny Curry for for days and days and days. We're talking about his snaps, which is like the 986th thing that's wrong with this football team that happened on Thursday night that ruined Thanksgiving dinner for all of us here. You know, who cares? Vinny Curry getting 22 snaps has no bearing on, on whether or not they were going to lose that game. And and for some reason, we want to keep talking about it. That's fine. I get it. But you don't look at last week and go, well, he had 23 or 24 snaps. Hart had about 26. And guess what? Zero tackles, zero touched, or zero uh, tackles, zero sacks. Hashtag free Vinny. Yeah, free Vinny. Put him in a 4-3, and then he'll, he'll be great. So I understand that. You know, going to a 4-3 in this situation, all it does is just make your inside linebackers worse. It makes Connor Barwin useless. It makes, you know, Brandon Graham semi-useless uh, now that he's kind of switched back positions back and forth. But I don't know. There's, there's just so many things wrong with this football team. I feel like we get wrapped up in exactly what the problems are. And I don't think we have the answers either. And we're just we're just spitballing all of these things. I think that's I think that's what's happening here. Is that finally the as a fan base we go, well, I don't want to look stupid, so get rid of it. 
Sixers are losing. The Flyers are losing. The Phillies have a long rebuild here. The Eagles were supposed to be my thing. Now they're not. Now I feel stupid. Get rid of it. And and I that is a that is such a, a Cleveland Browns front office feel that I, I I hate it. I hate that feel. I don't know what the future is going to hold for either thing. I don't know what Chip Kelly would do next year. And I know when you look at this thing, you're going to go, it's hopeless. How can you have any faith in this organization of what to do to move forward? Look at the draft class. Look what's happened here. And and we should be pissed about that. We should be pissed about this. I'm not saying that you should be fine with anything that's going on here. This is a disaster. Two of the worst games I've ever seen the Eagles play back-to-back. We're talking about players quitting, not playing for the coach. We're talking about a bunch of different things, getting a quarterback, getting all these things. This is what's going to change it. Adam Gase coming in here, Nick Fangio, somebody else, Hugh Jackson, that's going to come in here and fix this team. And that might all be true, but that doesn't mean that Chip Kelly also can't correct this. So it's not even me defending Kelly. It's not me defending the season. I just want to see where they adjust from here. Starting over again would put this thing back so much more than I think we actually think. I don't think there's the dramatic changes that you would have to do. And basically, you're probably throwing, you're at least throwing the mentality of what they did in this draft and maybe even 2014, and you're throwing it out the window. So now you've wasted almost two draft classes. Now you're going to go into the next year with uh, this this free and clear zone. And I don't know, fellas. I, I don't have any answers of how uh, uh, anything tangible that you're going to go, okay, this is going to be a lot better here. But where where do you go from here? Yeah, John, I, I don't know. I was on right after on the, uh, the postgame show, literally right after the game, Brandon called in. People are pissed, man. I, that That's what it comes down to is I don't know how he recovers. I'm with you. I would prefer to see how this plays out one more year. We, we've seen this guy as a general manager for nine games, or excuse me, 10 games, 11 games so far. It, it's been a disaster so far, and and we've discussed the mistakes he's made, whether it's undervaluing wide receiver, undervaluing offensive line. We've seen a lot of this stuff, but I agree with you. I think that, that one more year is not a crazy thing to say, especially after how much change there was this past offseason. It's a totally new roster built in this guy's image. So like you said, it's a giant step back. My big issue is I just don't know how he gets both this fan base and and seemingly this locker room back in his corner. Well, I don't know that either, and I don't know if it is. I don't know. Brandon, do you think that this is a point where they have, he has lost the locker room here? I look at this thing more as like they got their butts kicked on Sunday, and then they got their butts kicked again four days later, and the defense had been completely worn out to begin with, and now you're saying like, Okay, now you have to go out and do the same thing while the offense does absolutely nothing for you. I think I would quit at that point, too. What it comes down to me is, you know, uh, I don't like to, to be the guy questioning players' effort because I think, you know, it's, it's hard for us to do. We're not out there. And these guys, like a coach or not, this is their job. I mean, like, so they don't have yeah. anything to really gain from sure. not giving effort because, I mean... If you're not going to give effort, you're not going to be in the league, and then you're going to be out of a job if you like your coach or not. I'm sorry. And, and you're putting that tape out there for right. everybody exactly. to see moving forward. Exactly. That's exactly my point. So, I mean, I don't like to be that guy, but with this team, it's really making me question. And it comes down to me asking myself, okay, are these players who are fighting for their coach? Chip Kelly is on the hot seat. He really is right now with the performances like this. Are these guys who are trying to save their coach's job I can't. I can't look at the the effort I'm seeing 
and and say yes to that. Although I will say, you know, there are it's not everyone. There are players. Kelsey is clearly playing through uh, serious leg injury, knee injury. There's guys like that out there. Jason Peters has been trying to fight through stuff, but just more often than not, I just I really question it right now. I do. Yeah, and, and, and that's the prevailing sentiment, right? But I think we also need to remember, and, and we talked a lot about the Bill Barnwell article on ESPN.com. Yeah. Really good article, and I don't agree with everything he says, but it's a measured take at a time right now where there are not a ton of measured takes. But one thing he pointed out with the, the quitting on the coach type of thing, when you're getting blown out a lot of Teams quit, like you know, yeah, it's, and it's it not necessarily happens. predictive from game to game. But you're down thirty points in the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. It's human instinct to not necessarily go quite as hard. And again, you think about injuries. Uh, Tim McMahon said on the station yesterday that Kelsey's knee was twice its normal size at oh, the end geez. of the game. So yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. It's it's kind of a it's a, it's a narrative we can't prove, right? We can't say they definitely on quit. Side, on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's where I think it, determining whether. You know, if it, if it continues to happen like this, like if there are awful blowouts or just terrible mistakes or they still look confused on the field like they're not NFL players, then I'm saying, okay, let's revisit this again because if the, if those guys won't play for him, if, those, if that's completely out the window, then I think about moving on. Laura's going to have to take $20 million of his own money and go, whoopsie-daisy, yeah. and, and yep. throw it out there. And that's a big reason why he's not going to get fired, guys. He's the, not getting it, fired. Right. And and there is there is so much of the of the narrative that, you know, whatever. We talk about Bridgewater and we talk about Carr and how much they've missed out on this. And there's there's all the anger is is definitely on Chip. And, it's, and it should be right now. But I think what we also forget, how he screwed up too. And if you look at how this thing transitioned over, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, is how the hell did Howie Roseman not fight for his job if he was really that great of a GM? If he was really that great of a GM and if Jeffrey Lurie had the cojones to say, no, I'm sticking with this plan after going through it with Andy Reid just a couple of years ago, in 2011, 2012, that was almost disastrous. How he gets so much credit for that 2012 draft, but there's still misses in there too. There's still Bobby Wagner, uh, the the next pick after Michael Kendricks. There's still Russell Wilson in the third round that's not taken there. We, We champion this draft like, oh, yeah, it's the best thing in the world. But maybe it's not. Fletcher Cox is really the only guy that's been the dominant potential Hall of Famer out of that group. And from what everything at least we've heard come out of the front office and the Eagles organization was that that Fletcher Cox of that draft was the most Andy Reid pick of the draft. That Andy yep. Reid was the guy who wanted to go up and get Cox and, and how he made it happen. But Cox was a was an Andy pick. But Brandon, that's more or less my question there too is like why is it, why didn't Howie Roseman fight for his job? Why didn't Jeffrey Lurie put his foot down and say we're not doing that? Because to me that says Wow, if if we don't make this move right now, we're going to lose Chip. And then also, like I have, th- that's the other romanticizing here is that Howie was such a great general manager. But they only point to whatever it is, Bryce Brown, the Bryce Brown trade to get <laughs> Sproles, and now that's turned into like the third round pick for uh, from Detroit to next year. So I, I don't, I don't know why didn't. How we, I mean, and it's probably a question we can't answer. But why yeah, he might have fought more than we saw yeah, is the point. He yeah, did like, fight for it. But bottom line is he didn't keep it. And he wasn't good enough to keep it, obviously, because that's what transpired. And I think that is a lot of what's caused now. I mean, you know, you look at this thing, and and Chip almost had to be put in the GM position. It was such a hard spot for the Eagles because, obviously, Howie wasn't good enough at his job. That's how Jeffrey Lurie felt. And, you know, they kind of had to give it to Chip because if you don't give it to Chip, then you're going to lose Chip. Do you want to be the 49ers and lose Jim Harbaugh? No, you don't. 
you don't want to lose Chip. I mean, so they were in a hard spot. But at the same time, you know, we were talking about this before the show. You know, Lurie had a head coach who had too much power. And that's why Andy Reid went downhill because he had too much power. And Andy Reid's now in KC and he's talked about how he feels better about not being the GM. He likes just being getting back to head coaching, things like that. And it's just really bizarre how Lurie saw that firsthand. And then two years later, he's giving the power to Chip. It's really a messy situation. Well, yeah, and Erock's checking in on, on Twitter, and we always appreciate it because he was uh, he was quite always active, especially when uh, this these things go down. And that's why we love him so much. And Chip inherited a talented team from Andy, flipped a four win team into a ten win team. If Chip left, the next coach would inherit a far worse team. I guess you can make an argument for that. Uh, but it's not like Andy came into a situation where he didn't have inherited talent from Ray Rhodes and, the, and that defense and everybody else. You're always going to have, I think, deficiencies somewhere and more talent than you think or got rid of or whatever. But that's the other thing to me, too, is just that we are still talking about the talent that left. And I agree that Macklin is probably the biggest mistake of this year. And in, in the one year of that and Murray, it looks like a complete disaster. We don't know what that's going to look like long term, but that wasn't, it was definitely the wrong call for this year. And it's not the fact that they lose those guys because those guys, like we, we didn't say that they were super talented in, te- in 2010, 11, and 12. We didn't say any of those things. And suddenly, because they have career years and now they have career numbers, that's all them. It has nothing to do with the coach, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the fact that they didn't replace these adequately enough and they tried to do it. In a year, and yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, and that comes back to Chip the GM, and and we again, I think we can't judge him. You know, it, it takes longer than one off season to remake a roster. But like you just said, going back to what Erock said, and and I love Erock too, a great listener, great caller of the station, great involved in the station, does a lot of stuff here. But I, I disagree. That was still a four win team. Yeah, I, there were talent. Exactly. On, he came in and took a four win team and made him a ten win team in one year. I, I, you know, that's not all. You know the talent on the roster. The guy can coach. He made Nick Foles go twenty-seven and two. Nick Foles yeah. is awful, and, yeah. and there was a ton of luck involved. But he can in the coach. schedule and everything. All there that too, stuff. Yeah. But he can coach the the, the GM. Uh, we both agree. I'd I'd be interested. He's a smart guy. You know, maybe he can adjust. He hasn't shown a ton of of ability to admit his mistakes and adjust. But give him time; it's possible. But I, I again, I just don't know where we go from here. I don't know if, like, like Erock said, I don't know if this fan base can really get back on board with this guy. And and to use what Brandon's analogy was just saying, how it's interesting that Jeffrey didn't make that connection between Chip and Andy. I worry that maybe the Andy situation, the Ray Road situation, keeping these guys here a year too long, two years too long. In Andy's case, uh, if he didn't go to that national uh, NFC championship yeah. game against Arizona, he's gone five years earlier, four years earlier. You know, so uh, I think that I'm worried that that Jeffrey might revert the other way. And because he's and do made it too those, quickly. do it too quickly. That's yeah. that's my worry. Yeah, we you know, there's a lot of people chiming in. It's a it's. It's such a, I think it's a hard question to answer. I think the easiest thing is just to say, get rid of it. Get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. I just feel like that's such a Cleveland Browns front office feel. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, I think that's really the only thing. I, I just, not to keep prolonging it, I don't see what a year either way is going to destroy, enhance whatever moving forward, but 610-632. Well, especially because of the mess you're in either way. You know, if, yeah. if, if the way the roster is constructed, I, I think your best chance is to is to take a shot on this guy for one more year, see if he's smart enough to figure this out, which he might be, 
Uh, you know, because otherwise you've got this team that's built for what this guy wants to do for for a coach coming in who might not want to do any of it. Six one zero six three two zero nine seven five. If you want to get in on the discussion, we'll go to Mike and King of Pressure. Mike, what's going on, bud? You're on BJ and Radio. How you doing today? Good, man. Uh, um, I called in a couple of weeks ago before the Miami game, saying I didn't want to uh, use my uh, fantasy, uh, use my survivor pool pick on the Eagles because I didn't trust them. And three weeks later, I'm, uh, I'm still in the game. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Good job Good. by you there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I do think that this situation is uh, you can't you can't turn this situation around. I feel once you lost locker room and it's gotten to this dire straight i feel you can't turn these situations around and these are what lead to coaches being fired and and i think it's just the matter that they gave him so much power and he's not ready for a position like this he was just at new hampshire like eight years ago so i don't think this is he was ready for all of this i mean it it takes some time to become uh, an nfl you know coach and I don't think like all this responsibility and being in charge of everything was the right way to go for it. No, and that's that's what you're talking about, Mike. And we appreciate you hanging out and and, and being on the call. And that's I would rather have him figure it out here than somewhere else. I don't want this guy to end up like if they if he, if they go okay, we're going to take away the power, we're going to do all this stuff. Like you need to adjust. I think what's going on as far as. I don't know. There's <laughs> that's the other narrative that's kind of popping up already. It's like, oh, he doesn't have anybody in the front office to challenge him. We don't know that. We don't know what kind of discussions that they have. They might have been flipping out and saying, Chip, there's no, there's no freaking way we're signing Demarco Murray. We're not doing that. That is that's ridiculous. Just give the money to Macklin. It'll help you out in the long run. He's the boss. He's got final say. It's the same thing as if Chip was challenging Howie a year ago and saying, we need to do this, and he doesn't, and that's what causes the next thing. So I'm on board with. Whatever kind of front office adjustment you need to make there to maybe lessen some of the stuff that's there, and I don't actually know how much he's actually doing other than having the final say. I don't. He doesn't mess with contracts. He doesn't mess with a lot of those things. So there's there's other people in there doing those things. But I I, I do agree. I don't know how how you make both sides happy here, where you take at least some of it out of the way, and so he doesn't have kind of full control. There's there's at least a check a checks and balances there. Yeah, and to Mike's point, I think he did make an interesting point about you know you don't become an NFL head coach super quick. The guy comes from New Hampshire; it takes time to adjust. And and I actually think as a coach, he adjusted pretty quickly. We're not, you know that that's the argument right on the other side is is do we do we give him the time to adjust as a general manager? Is it possible that this guy knows? Hey, I screwed up in a few spots here. This team's not good enough. We're not talented enough. Maybe okay, second off season. I know where I made my mistakes. I can learn. I can adjust, and maybe we see a, a better product. But. It's just a, it's a, it's a really I've never seen anything like this in my time here. Uh, th- this precipitous a fall, yeah, from, from grace or even from too. this fast, exactly. Yeah, it, I've never seen it. Yeah, and and BLG to that point, especially with we're talking about the defense too, where you know, and that's the other side of it. I don't know if I really don't know if Billy Davis should be fired either. I don't know what it, it's uh, it's so dramatic of a drop going from. Third in DVOA, second in DVOA to ten to probably they're going to be around the whatever fifteen twenty range. I don't know where they're going to. I think end up they being. went to six last week, right? And then now yeah, they're so now they're going to drop. Either way, you're yeah. you're going from a top ten defense to now in the past two weeks to looking like you're completely lost. That's why it's a. I don't know if that's the that to me that has to be the outlier here. They didn't the front seven just didn't suddenly become untalented. 
You know, I, I don't know. It's the same with a lot of the things that are offense. It's not like Jason Kelsey is suddenly bad now. So where does where does that get fixed? How how do, where's the where's the answer in that? In the short term, you mean for the defense? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think that's why the effort thing is coming up. I think you know because you know you have this good defense and all of a sudden they're horrible. I mean, it, it's really incredible how it's it's t- taking a turn for the worse. But I think that plays into the offense. I think you know you look at this offense; it's so bad, and they can't. Yeah, they've done the, nothing. They yeah. can't stay on the field. And it's not about tempo. I'm not saying, like, the thing about going, you know, oh, if, if they only went three and out slower, that would fix everything. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no, but um, it's just gotten to the point, I think, where the defense is so worn out. I think that's a big factor. I mean, you look at Malcolm Jenkins, and he's played more snaps than any safety by a large amount. And the next closest is Walter Thurman, who is obviously also on the team. And then it's like Kurt Coleman, who has played in the same amount of games, but it's almost, snap-wise, he's almost played, like, two less games. And you yep. look at how Malcolm Jenkins... You know, good earlier this year and same last year. Good earlier last year, faded down the stretch. I think, you know, uh, this offense is really causing problems for the defense. And that's been the issue, my issue with this team even last year. I think uh, the offense was deceivingly bad last year. Like it was Very deceivingly bad. It was better than it really was. And it's just really a shame because you, you hire Chip Kelly to have a good offense. And they haven't the past two years. So, uh, you know, you talk about defense all you want. But I think, you know, the offense is a big problem in that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and just one point I wanted to make kind of dovetailing back to this whole idea of, of giving up too quickly. Do we move on? It, it, what's the right move here? And again, I don't think anyone wants to hear Chip Belichick comparisons, and I'm not making one. But just talking about Bill Belichick, he was five years in Cleveland. They gave him five years. It didn't work. Clearly, the guy knows how to coach on the NFL level. Ron Rivera is 11-0 and right now. Yeah. He almost got fired twice by the Panthers before <laughs> yeah. the 2013 season and last year before they went on that run to you know, be a 7-8-1 playoff team. There, we've seen many examples of teams getting rid of a coach too early or almost getting rid of a coach too early. Tom Coughlin, how many times have we heard him uh, you know, on, on the hot seat and then he goes and wins Super Bowls? It's just, and these are different situations, but just to kind of hammer home that idea of Maybe it could work with more time. It's not the craziest thing ever to say that. Let's go back to the phones. I see we'll give him we'll give him the thirty seconds that he deserves. It's Lenny and Pittman. Lenny, what's happening, man? Gentlemen, good morning. I can see the northeast winds are blowing again. There oh, it is. What's up? What's, what's up, Lenny? Uh, listen, um, I I I, I kind of like songs and words to songs kind of can sum up uh, the Eagles season. May I give you one of my favorite lines to one of my favorite songs? Go for sure. it. Sure. Okay, it's called The World is Full of Kings and Queens Who Blind Your Eyes and Steal Your Dreams. It's heaven and hell. Is Chip the king or the queen? I, uh, we don't know yet. He would be the queen. <laughs> uh, and listen, I'm, I'm going to just give you a I, I don't. I know a lot of people want to call, but I'm going to get to my point. And first of all, my kudos out to the, uh, James just called me Superman Seltzer. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, there's a, uh, there's an old saying that if you say and do the same thing over and over again, and expect a different results. You're an idiot. I would do a little imitation for you people right now and tell me who I am. You know, right. I love Chip Kelly. I think Chip Kelly's great. We're going to beat the Patriots. Uh, okay, Lanny. Okay. I was with you on your point. Yeah. And, and great. Yeah. We can make the, uh, the definition of insanity is to do the same things over and over and over again and uh, expecting a different result. We get it. It's, uh, it's the... It's the fellow that always asks the same question in the press room. He did it in, with Andy, too. It, we said the same things about Andy as well. Look, there. I, I think what even with, with uh, what BLG was saying before Lenny called in, 
is that's where it's it's he has adjusted the offense. The problem is the offense when is limited now because that's the that's your only game plans is fitting it through the middle with tight ends with running backs because your wide receivers aren't are useless. good enough. They don't have enough talent. That's what it comes down to. And we were talking about this before. Look, th- this offense worked in the NFL. I know that a lot of people like to say that it was because defensive coordinators hadn't catched on yet and, and all that stuff. Not true. This offense can work in the NFL. We have seen other teams, including Bill Belichick and the Patriots, use elements of this offense in the NFL. What it comes back to, and obviously quarterback most important, you need talent. And that's where you can blame Chip the GM for undervaluing the amount of talent that he had on that offense. But the offense itself can work. He's just not able to run his playbook. It's simple because there aren't players who can make plays, so he has to run simple stuff. Uh, this coming in right now from Ian Rappaport, and hat tip to uh, Patrick uh, Causey out there, who's who's uh, CCing me on this thing. Uh, I talked to Eagles chip coach, or excuse me, Eagles coach Chip Kelly post loss. I'm told he was despondent, feeling the heat, intent on fixing this team, and considering all options. Uh, the, uh, That's like a, a manic tweet there. Well, it's yes. like, he's like talked to, but then he said, I was told he was. Yeah, so and also, I don't know if he talked to him well, directly. And not just that. It was kind of, you know, uh, mixed messages in that tweet, right? He's saying that he's despondent, but he's focused on fixing it. But he's also <laughs> considering all options, which could mean other. Mean? Co- yeah, yeah, it could mean other coaching. I mean, what does that mean? I, yeah, I don't know. It, it could mean firing coordinators. It could mean cutting players. I mean, it's just such a. Uh, and 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 Ian Rapport's very good, but that that not not the greatest tweet. It's very confusing and not necessarily really forwarding the conversation at all. And look during these two during these couple of weeks, I think we can all agree. I, I I'm not saying to don't listen to them, but there are definitely agendas that are finally starting to come out from agents. From guys that wanted this guy to fail. Oh, yeah. I would even say Howie Roseman's probably leaking stuff at this point. Because why wouldn't you? Of course. Because that's, that's part of the re- – Howie's got a big mouth. All right? That's where that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. It's a big reason why he's why still, he still there, John. I have no idea. That's It drives Pictures. me crazy. If he was really, you know, wanted to be uh, the 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 GM for, in the NFL, and that was his dream, and to launch the Eagles – why is he in a broom closet making money and not caring about a GM spot? Well, why are the Eagles keeping him? I don't know. That's Exactly. And I don't I don't understand it, but we'll we're getting it back. I love the discussion that's going on. 610-632-0975. It is BGN Radio presented by bleedinggreennation.com right here on 975 the Fanatic. It's BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. A little circus survived this morning as they were uh, rocking the electric factory on Friday night. And uh, our very own BLG, Patrick Wall, able to hang out with them backstage. Look at that. One of the greatest bands to come out of Philadelphia doesn't get enough credit, man. Great that was, that was awesome. Those guys are, uh, those guys kick ass. Um, I, yeah, we're, I mean, like, we're just, we're just opening up. I mean, I don't know Pandora's box. I guess basically trying to figure out <laughs> where to go, where to go, kind of go from here. I'm still trying to figure out what Ian Rappaport is, is saying. I don't know if he's talked. It's talked. There's like typos in here now, so I'm not exactly sure. It sounded like when I read it, it was like, oh, he's talked to him directly, but then he heard from somebody else. And, so I don't know. And we'll, the, we'll the first, yeah, out. the first time you read it, it sounds like considering all options to leave, but then when you reread it. It almost sounds like considering all options, 
because he's staying, considering options as in firings, cuttings, whatever. Yeah, benchings. The, the, yeah, benchings. When you really read the tweet more, so it does seem to at least imply that in, in Rappaport's whatever, whether he talked to him or heard from him, that Chip isn't going anywhere, at least in the in the immediate future. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second, because what if, okay, let's say that it is definitely not a, I'm going to leave to go somewhere else. And by the way, if he's going to leave anywhere, he's probably going to get another NFL job. I, I, I think doubt so he would too. go back yeah, to college. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, I, I don't know, because like, we were just talking off air, and let's just say that if Pat Shermer becomes the fall guy. I think the narrative is just like, oh, well, that's you're just going to do that to what, what whatever. What is Shermer doing here anyway is the narrative. Yeah, it's knows. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one yeah. knows. Much like Sean McDermott in Carolina, who is not really, it's not uh-uh. really his defense, everyone, for the love of Pete. I know he's probably a good coach anyway, but still, the, uh, I, 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 I could understand that as maybe him being the fall guy because an offensive coordinator in the years. I don't know. You're not calling the plays anyway. You're probably just telling Chip, like, hey, this is what I see. Maybe we should try this, et cetera, et cetera. But if that d- does become that and it's not Billy Davis, then what is that really? I don't know what that w- really accomplishes. And I don't know if that really is just like everybody's just going to come out and say, well, there's your fall guy, just like a hitting coach gets fired or whatever here. Yeah, I agree. But at the same point, I, I don't think it matters. I think you need a fall guy at this point. Even if everyone knows it's the fall guy. As Chris Carter would say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There, you, one way or the other, Chip has to, to signal to the fan base that he gets how bad this is, how unacceptable this is. He needs to do something. And whether it's cut Miles Austin or cut Riley Cooper or, you know, fire Shermer or whatever God, it if is. He, if he were to cut Riley Cooper, that, that mean, would be so people soothing. Would, people would, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> Miles Austin, too. Like that's all what of I them. mean. They're, they're, those are little moves that, that he probably won't do because we've seen that that's not his style. But that's the kind of move where at least it might, and no one's going to be like, all right, I love Chip again, but at least it might engender some goodwill in a time when this guy needs all the goodwill he can get. Well, yeah, so BLG, what does that mean to you if there's, you know, if, they, if there is one of those changes or it's an, an assistant or, or whatever? I mean, like, what could, what could all options be as we're, you know, open up another big speculation box? But what, what, what in your mind does that mean to you? Well, I don't think it's going to fix anything. I think we have, you know, you, you cut Riley Cooper, you cut Miles Austin. That's not like, oh, you know, the team's good now. <laughs> right. Safe. Yeah. No, but I think, uh, I think maybe that means he's going to go to the young guys. That's what should be happening right now. They should be playing the young players. I mean, as crazy as it might sound, Kenyon Barner should be getting a lot more touches. I mean, DeMarco Murray is just doing nothing. At least Barner is going out there. He's giving full effort. He's he's averaging a decent amount of yards per carry. I mean, they got to get the young guys in here. They really do. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I don't know, there, there's a lot of different things I think they could do. In that part, at this point, like, why not just play the young kids at wide receiver, see what you have in there, and, 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 and trying to get in, get it going. I don't know. Well, with also the the running back thing, at what point do you just put Murray in bubble wrap for the rest of the year? I, he, they're <laughs> not cutting him at the end of the year, no, no matter what. You know, all no, the can't. yeah, it's too much money. So, so at what point do you say, all right, you had a record number of touches last year. This year is is not going your way, our way. Sit him down. Yeah, uh, the phone lines are filling up. Uh, still a couple of spots to get in. Six one zero six three two zero nine seven five BGN Radio on ninety seven five. The fanatic who's going to carry on to sell. Carry, what's happening this morning? Good morning. Morning, Carrie. What's hey, happening? Carrie. Morning. How are you? Good. Um, James, you, you stole my thunder a little bit with the uh, Carolina comparison from last year. Oh, um, all right. Great minds think alike, yeah. Carrie. I guess so. I guess so. Um, so when I uh, woke up in a desolate Detroit hotel room on um, Black Friday, uh, I knew that Chip wasn't going anywhere. 
And um, I still think that I'm not excited about any of the other prospects out there because they're all retreads or, or unproven coordinators. So um, I'm with you guys in, in wanting to perhaps give him another year um, and definitely on playing the young guys. Yeah, I, but at I, this point, why not, right, Care? Yeah, yeah. And then I had a thought, like, three to five years from now when uh, college, you know, all the uh, pocket passers that have been produced by the college system are gone, he's going to look like an innovator probably two or three years ahead of his time because it's all going to be spread quarterbacks. Carrie, that's a, I mean, you know, Carrie. Thank you for the call. That's a, you're, you know what you're, she's right at least a little bit. I, I think that's why we're starting to see a lot of those. You know, uh, we're not seeing as many can't miss quarterbacks, and obviously, it's a there's a dearth of of talented people to play this position to begin with. But I think the the influx of of spread offense offenses in college has really hindered guys taking that next step. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And there's. You know, and even so, I think there's going to be, I don't know, in the next couple of years, I think you're going to see quarterback play just absolutely look awful. I, I really do think that we already it, are on a lot yeah, of cases. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you look at you look at a, a lot of the teams in the NFL and realize why they're so bad. That's a big part of it. And it, I mean, like once Breeze and once Tom and Manning are all gone, I know that Andrew Luck is still around. You're still going to have Rodgers. Yeah. You're still going to have Ben. But, and you'll have the few like Ma- like Mariota and Winston. That looks like a yeah, legit like too. Like those guys look like they could be really good quarterbacks in this league. But the vast majority of of quarterbacks <laughs> just look pretty aren't bad. any good. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Nasser on a cell. Nasser, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, guys. Uh, I think the Chiefs going to have to leave. And you know what? He had two ten and six seasons, and you would think after one, you know, debacle, you wouldn't throw your coach under the bus and get rid of him. But the problem is, is this 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 his tenure is becoming like a joke, and it's an embarrassment to the organization. That's the biggest problem. He looks lost. But he Nasser, looks, here's 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 what I said at the and top of the we're show. We're all embarrassed, though. Yeah, we, we, we definitely were embarrassed are. as Eagles fans. You're right. Do you think it's more the embarrassment that you feel? And that's why you want him gone versus what's actually going on here. I think it's what uh, Jeffrey Lurie feels. I think Jeffrey Lurie is not, he doesn't, <laughs> reminds me of like Waltz in The Godfather. <laughs> he doesn't want to look ridiculous. <laughs> well, it could be. That's you what can I'm, act like a man. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. and for some, of that, for some of that, I definitely agree. I think that's what we were talking about here. It's just like there's so, there's so much, I think there was so much confusion going into this thing that it just, it is what it is. And now... I think there's just a lot of things. That, there's a ton of things that need to be ironed out here. But um, what, like, what would be your plan if Chip left? And who's the guy coming in? Wow, man, that's what I'm saying. That's just like it's. And, and it, what I would do with somebody going in, I would look at somebody who was in the pros, went to college, came back maybe to the pros. Or I would look at a coordinator. Offensive but we think line. that here's what I and I and I and I get that and we really appreciate the call. But that's we're we're accepting that as the better thing. Like yeah. we don't we don't know if that is. I don't know if Chip is either moving forward. But I'd like the, I, that's what I'm saying. Like it is not a defense of Kelly. It is not a defense of the season. I just want to see what happens after this because this was chaos. It was complete chaos. It just didn't look like it. When we first started, but then you start like, well, I mean, a lot of people. I'm not, I'm going to say a lot of people in the off season said, "Hey, this is this is going to be a disaster. It's going to be great." I think that was pretty much the narrative for all of us. Yeah. And until I don't know, until we see the next step, I don't want to completely flush everything down the toilet here. Right, and just to hammer that home, the the, the options out there, sure, you know, like when we when when Chip came to Philly. A lot of people wanted him. We were excited about that that different kind of guy, that innovator. And yes, 
Bruce Arians, that looks like that was a great hire. But there are also a lot of terrible hires. Jim Zomsula just talking about the Niners. That guy's not an NFL coach. The Eagles lost to Jim Caldwell the other day. That guy's a statue on the sidelines. Yeah. I, I mean, it's there. Uh, we're just talking about how many, how few good quarterbacks there are. There are also not that many great coaches either. And there, and there isn't. And we'll get into this uh, more. It's going to be the. Uh, we'll get into the last uh, last thing in the hour, and then we got Kyle Scott coming up at nine forty-five. Of course, uh, Shander and Jeff Mosier will be in here after us right at ten a.m. It's BGN Radio presented by Bleeding Green Nation. John Barcher, James Elter, and Brandon Lee Gowton right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's BGN Radio right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. John Barcher, James Elter, Brandon Lee Gowton. James Elter doing the karaoke part of the, uh, of the show here. Uh, this is the other thing, and by the way, uh, uh, Jason Duffy doing a fantastic job. Fantastic, behind much better than his brother. You know, I'm just saying he's <laughs> much cooler than his brother. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, but the, um, you know, this is the thing too. Is just like we, when we get all these discussions, and we're just, I just want to open it up to have, to have these discussions because I think we just we get too, you know, narrow focus. I, I'm, I do too, but we get too like I don't know. We have tunnel vision on a lot of these things, and every time you bring up an opinion that. Might not fit with the others. And and please, this goes out to all Eagles fans, Eagles Twitter, whatever it is. There are no chip bots here, and there are no you're against the team here. Let's just, again, let's find the middle. You know, don't don't come to me as like Brian Dawkins should be the next head coach. That's ridiculous. Don't don't tell me as and it's I, so absurd. I love Joe Eunice to death. I love Divine Gibbons to death. But don't give me. We need a Rex Ryan type of personality in here. You don't like. You need somebody that can coach football. You need somebody that can do it well. I still think Chip is a good coach. I, I the the it is a wide open whether or not he's a good GM. Obviously, this first year has proven that it's not a good start so far. It's a disastrous start to what it is. And we keep coming up with the talent thing. They gave away talent. This team wasn't talented enough anyway. This this whole group had one playoff appearance together. That's it. And they didn't, you know, I, I would have loved to see Macklin and Deshaun together for one year. Sure, that would have been great. But there's there's also, there's just so many other factors. If if Foles and McCoy and Macklin and those guys were still here, you're talking about maybe one or two wins? Uh, you know, uh, extra? I don't know. Like, the, 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 just like BLG was saying, this it was deceiving last year. Everybody looks at the win total and goes, ooh, man. But it really wasn't that much better teams weren't that much better than than one another from the years apart. You had defensive touchdowns. You had special team touchdowns. You had a whole bunch of stuff. The offense kept declining and declining because of a, a lot of different things. It's Nick not Foles. just getting rid of guys. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. of Nick Foles, who, by the way, is benched for Case Keenum, and they almost wanted to have Case Keenum they resurrect did. from concussion this week to play over And him. they had him gut out a concussion in-game. Yes. <laughs> they yes. kept him on the field. Uh, no, I'm with you. And, and, and great point. We don't we don't talk about that enough this year with the, the defense and special teams touchdowns and, and how monster that was to that early season success last year. They're not a 10-win team without those plays. They scored zero not points in San Francisco Exactly. Like, so, you know, that I think we forget how important that was and, and kind of gives us a, a, a false narrative of how good that team, not that it was great or anything, but that they were better than they actually were. Yeah, and, and it's, I'm not saying that they would they would definitely be better with those guys here. Of course, yeah. But it doesn't make it like, oh, now they're so much closer. Like, it just, I don't know. I just, I don't see it that way. Let's, uh, we a quarterback. Yeah, we got a full board yep. here, and we're going to get to everybody. Let's go to Jake in Center City. Jake, what's happening, man? Hey, morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? 
I love the site and love you guys on Sunday. Thanks for thanks, thanks man. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, of course. It's so difficult to like, uh, you know, kind of defend Chip because I think like people just kind of attack you and say or not attack, but like counter just making excuses. But you know, I remember when uh, you know he got mocked when he said you know a couple kicks here or there. Uh, we would won a couple games early on, but it does matter. You know, the margin of, diff- uh, of error in NFL is really small. From like, I get, I, I get now, people's like reaction to that they're like, "Come on, dude!" Like, really? Yeah. Because because that's not the only thing that would have happened. There could have been, you know, there was red zone, uh, you know, interceptions. But, There's a but bunch the of other point stuff. But you got it. Jake is right. Like, it is, it's a, it, a lot of close games, and the margin for error in the NFL is small. Maybe not one play, but it, it is small. Yeah, indeed. And I think like a lot of uh, the criticism, Chip aren't like really founded. I mean, he has adjusted. Like he's doing uh, to Marco under center, and I think he will do a full evaluation on himself and what he's uh, missed on this year. But, like, to, if the point is, like, Chip caused so much upheaval last offseason, so the thing we should do is fire him. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. And other stuff about we need a charismatic or outgoing coach doesn't make sense either because Andy Reid was the best coach the city ever had, and, you know, he really wasn't that <laughs> yeah, gregarious of a guy. That's a great guy, point. That's you know? a very good point, yeah. yeah no, but we, I, think, I think the difference We appreciate there, it, Jake. Thanks, Yeah, buddy. we do. That was a very good call. Uh, I think the difference, and we've kind of been hearing it and discussing it this week, is Andy might not have been very gregarious to the fans, to the media, but in that locker room he had relationships with those guys, and the guys cared about him on a personal level. And and I don't know what we definitely haven't seen that with Chip, and I don't know if that's an issue or not. Yeah, personal relationships in the media I think make a big difference on. Oh yeah, totally. exactly what uh, what it is. You see it even with. Uh, Kaepernick in San Francisco. You see it with a lot of different guys that, that aren't, you know, I'm not going to do that type of thing. I'm not going to do and it. And it just turns into whatever. And it's, and it's partly their fault too. I, you have to play that game as well because you do, you're the you, face of the franchise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I do think that it, it is important to, to give a little more than he's giving right yeah, now. He needs better PR abilities. It is yeah. what it is. He's, he's a part of a, a billion dollar franchise. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. And I just think that it's, I, I don't know. I, I think the learning process is still there, there's still a ton of questions going on here, uh, and I see Arthur, who's who's probably going to rip the hell out of us, and I love him every Sunday morning. Yeah, Arthur, what's going on, man? Yo, guys, good morning. Listen, we got to get a correction right away out there. Dick Vermeil was the greatest coach the Philadelphia Eagles ever had. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think oh, Andy Reid was. Yeah, Wilbur Montgomery. He took it to the Super Bowl. Yo, brother, stop, stop. Andy Reid was just a playoff guy. A fraud. And let me tell you something. Let's get it. Chip Kelly did this single-handedly, took players and sent them away because they didn't listen to him because they spoke back. But these guys are professional athletes. They're not college kids where they got to shut up because they want their dream is to make the NFL. Yeah, see, I, he, think, I think that's also uh, BS, too, because it, it really is just like, listen, Evan Mathis isn't starting still. Todd Harriman's hasn't been playing. Trent Cole hasn't been playing. Uh, you, we, Brandon Boykin's Brandon not Boykin's playing. Brandon not playing. Uh, you've had uh, Macklin's had a good year, not a great year. He's an okay year. Uh, yeah, more the offense than him. I it, would it's, say. It's no. more to me that he just they didn't they didn't replace. All, they tried to replace everything all at once, which was a huge mistake. And then they just kind of went into the season like it'll it'll work out. They undervalued the offensive line. They uh, undervalued the the development of Nelson Aguilar and a bunch of other things. And J Matt not being like he can't be that dominant guy. So I think. The, you know, having Macklin not there affects that because he's just in the slot. And we can talk about the 2014 draft and everything else here, Arthur. Yeah, but listen, now, yo, brother, there's a guy that wants to run the read off office, but he don't have a quarterback that can run it. So what does that mean? You sign in Bradford for, what, $40 million after? 
You might as well sign did you say, wait, did you say $40 million? It's 13 It's for a year. Yeah. And that's another thing, well, too. Well, it would be 18 19 if they did franchise, obviously. Yeah, yeah. BLG, I'm probably going to die on this hill here. But I still don't think the Bradford move is a mistake. So if he's going to be here next year anyway. If he's just here for this year, it's a huge mistake. But I, 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 I don't want to say that. Like, suddenly, because he got hurt, the progress was, like, forgotten about. Like, the, the, the last three weeks are, well, of when he was healthier are gone, but well, I, mean, I don't know. The progress we saw wasn't that encouraging. You have to say, I, I don't think, you know, he was, you know, you were super encouraged by what he had done prior to getting hurt. I think, you know, you look at that, even that Dolphins game, he had a great opening drive, but then he faded. Like, he didn't do anything. And right. the offense was, was looking terrible before he got hurt. Uh, but it does come back to the quarterback position. And this team, has it's been such a messy situation for them. We talked about Howie passing on Russell Wilson as a big thing earlier. We talked about, you know, Nick Foles going 27-2. and two, And then... It's the, the worst thing that happened to the franchise. It is, mm-hmm. because people want to go back in hindsight and be like, oh, they should have drafted Carr. They should have drafted Teddy. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But at the time, and I, I was... Even at the time of Nick Foles doing that, I was still pretty skeptical of him. Yeah, you definitely were. So... <laughs> But I, but so I'm saying even I can't really rip them too hard for not drafting one of those guys because you know it's hard. Like who knew? And obviously it doesn't look good in hindsight because you took Marcus Smith and it's easy to say, oh, they should oh, have drafted a yeah, quarterback that... anyway. But I mean, it, this team has had really bad luck at the quarterback position, and they just they haven't been in the position to get one anyway. And I think that's one of the maybe the positives about this year left is that maybe they lose out and they do get in position. I think that's one of the things that could save this franchise going forward. Yeah, and I know we got to go to break here, but but real quick, uh, just to Brandon's point right there, also Johnny Manziel taken before Bridgewater and Cars, so, you know, a team that actually needed a quarterback <laughs> yeah, yeah. missed there too. Oops. But, yeah, whoopsie. But um, oh, just to, we're heading in the break, but an interesting point because we've always said that Chip doesn't need a running quarterback, and I don't think that the system has to have one. But it sure might, would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, we've seen how Sanchez can move it, and he's terrible, obviously, but at least his, his functional mobility can move the offense quickly. It would be interesting to see someone with a real skill set, and, and I don't think Cap's the guy, but someone with that type of skill set come in here and run this offense. J. Pete, Michael Angel, hang on the line. We'll get to you uh, after the break. It's BGN Radio presented by BleedingGreenNation.com right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic, broadcasting from the Xfinity Studios, only from Comcast. John Barcher, James Zelter, Brandon Lee Gouton, also known as the Chipbots. I don't know. <laughs> well, not Brandon, obviously. Pro, and not, yeah, yeah. pro bono PR. Pro, pro bono PR going on here. Uh, but we are, we're trying to, it, it is a big discussion. And we're just trying to figure out, like, what, what really is the, the next step here? I, I think it's just saying, like, I, I don't want this organization to become the Browns and react quickly to what's going on here. I think there's a ton of problems. This year has been a problem, but it's also been a lead-up to this. It is on Chip, and it's also on Howie, and it's also on Lurie. 2014 affected where this team went. All of it did. The draft, the the power changes, everything did. Uh, So I want to see what happens when they can iron this thing out, or hopefully they can iron it out. I don't know if they actually can. But I think after next year, I don't think that's I don't think that's too much time. I don't think that's you know that. I mean, think of this thing: we're asking a guy that's that's won here and has had a, a very down year, a disastrous down year, and can't even get an extra year just to see where it goes. 
So I, you know, I don't think an extra year is is asking too much here, especially after blowing up the roster, right? Like I, I know that that Which was people think is the biggest mistake, right? Though. And very controversial and all that. But the point is, you don't let the guy blow up the roster without giving it more than one year for that to potentially bear fruit, right? Uh, it just seems so reactive to say, "Awful year, first sign of trouble with this guy, real trouble." You know, he's out. Let's get rid of him. It just seems so so quick twitch. And what side of that is, you know, how much damage you're going to let him do. I think other people, that's where some other yep. people are headed. They feel like it can only go downhill, and you kind of have to cut your losses here before it gets even worse. To me, though, you're going to, you're going to have to, th- th- that's going to happen anyway. So, like, regardless, if, he, if Chip gets let go this year, you're already setting it back again. Like, you're just saying, okay, now we're going to take another two years Got whatever we don't like. That's what's going to happen when a new GM comes in here. That's what happens when any new GM comes into any new position. They're going to go, nope, nope, nope. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. You're just going to end up doing the same thing over again. So I'm I'm okay if you're like completely frustrated with everything and and this is it for you and you're enough. I get that. But just just so you know, you're setting yourself up to do the same thing. That's well, it. Well, Chip really did what other GMs do. He just did it a lot faster. <laughs> kind of, yeah. unfortunately, like the, yeah, and he shouldn't kinda, have. Yeah. Kind of like the you know, he's always moving so quick. He might have just moved a little too quickly as a GM and and thought he could you know make all these wholesale changes in one off season. And and we've seen that that has never happened nor worked at this point in the NFL. All right, let's go to Jay in South Philly. Jay, what's going on, man? Hey guys. Hey Jay. I know you guys are intelligent. Anyone of you guys work for the team? I used to work for the team. Yeah, not anymore. It, it sounds so, man. What was that? It sounds. It sounds like. Of course it oh, does, Jay, on, because Jay. you're on the other side, and everybody, nobody can have a different opinion. Yeah, than Jay, the, Jay. We're all getting uh, freaking uh, checks okay. from the organization. Yeah, I was an oh, audio Lord. guy for the for the Eagles getting paid ten dollars an hour. <laughs> yep, Jesus. yep. I love them, Jay. That, that oh. has nothing to do with it. I mean, that's such can a. Can I say something? Can I say something, guys? Maybe. Sure. All right. Um, this is what it is, man. And why why can't we just all agree that the cutting of Deshaun spiral these things? I'm out, Jay. Jay you I'm always out. go I, there I can't, every I can't, time. I can't talk well, about it, it. This guy calls us every week with the same thing, the Deshaun Jackson, over and over and over again. All right, come Come it. back and talk to me when Washington cuts him this year, and then we'll have that discussion again. And then let me see his numbers when he gets picked up again. It has nothing. That's what I'm saying. This This all-encompassing thing of... I understand where you're at. I understand when you look at, say, they gave up more talented players. They probably did. But that, I mean, like, there was nowhere for that team to, there was nowhere for that team to go last year. How do we not understand this? There is no team, I mean, and, it, and it's not just talent with Deshaun. Get it out of your butts. He was in so much legal trouble that wasn't reported, and they didn't want to take the chance on it. That's why there was only a couple of people that were interested when he left for the, his services. That is it. He hasn't helped the Washington win total in two years. He had a great year two years ago. He's been injured this year. Let it go. Let it go, for and, the love of Christ. And we're not defending Chip Kelly here. That 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 has not happened. We have all said that Chip has done a really awful job in a lot of areas. The point is that that there there's been a lot of change. There is potential, maybe one more year. And and again, even if he didn't get a year, I'd understand it. But but don't come with that crap. You know, look, yeah, Jay, I used to work for the team, and I'll tell you that Deshaun Jackson was a jerk. He, there's a reason they got rid of him. He, he crossed that line with culture. He's not someone who is part of a healthy locker room. And it's not like these guys are all choir boys here because there's like 
There's obviously been some things said about DeMarco Murray, so that's not really fitting the culture scheme right now. I don't know what's going on there. There's just been a ton of speculation of like, yeah, maybe this dude's maybe this dude's kind of an a-hole. Uh, so that's been kind of popping up too. It's not like you can. It's impossible to have 53 guys like that. I don't think Chip looks at that. I think we've we've run away with that that phrase of uh, you know culture beat scheme, and that's that's like become become the thing. It doesn't mean that they're. He wants choir boys. It means he wants guys there that want to play football, not because of anything else, not what football gets them. He said that a million times. All right, let's go to uh, Angel in uh, Jersey. What's going on, Angel? Or excuse me, Michael in Pottstown. What's up, bud? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Mike. <laughs> Michael, you Michael, still there, can't bud? Hear you. Get off speakerphone or Bluetooth. Okay, I got you. Oh this is great radio right here. <laughs> did, 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 did. Oh, I, I know. It's just, this is actually... It's all right, Michael. We're just messing around with you. I know. Well, here's the thing. I have to complain about the ownership. I, I have to complain about the ownership because I'll tell you why. Jeffrey Laurie is the owner, right? Am I correct? So we need to look at the ownership and dig deep into the roots of this Philadelphia Eagles football team. First of all, um, my biggest fear is that any we're going to have another Andy Reid syndrome. In other words, we're going to have Jeffrey Lurie saying, okay, uh, well, let's wait till next year. Okay, and this is my biggest fear, bottom line, that we're going to have the same coach for the next 10 years that's going to say, okay, well, I know I have the most power, and I know I have this and I have that, so I'm going to draft, uh, oh, let's see, um, who's coming out of college? Nobody, okay? We don't have any quarterbacks coming out of college. We need a quarterback. Uh, well, Michael, yeah, it just Michael, like I said earlier in the show, um, you know, I think it's, it's really crazy how, you know, Lurie went from Andy Reid, who had, did have all this power, to basically, well, I don't know if Larry really admitted it, but it came down to the point where obviously the Andy Reid got fired, and that was a big reason why, because the team didn't have enough talent, and a lot of that was on Andy, and that's why he part. Of, that's why he had to go. And I think it's just so weird that you know Lurie would, and just two years after he fires Andy Reid, that he's giving again all the power to a head coach, and he saw how that worked out with Andy, and it didn't work well, and now he's doing it with Chip. And that just really makes me wonder. Well, uh, in my interpretation of that is I think it shows how much Lurie believed in this guy. You know, he said, all right, my choice is I can either lose this guy or I can give him all the power. And he said, I'd rather take that risk, even with my past, even with the experiences I've learned, even when I've seen how this can go wrong. He said, even with all that I'd rather give this guy a chance because I believe in him. And, and I said this last week with Brandon, this worries me the most. If Jeffrey Lurie does say, all right, you know, whether it's to fan pressure or locker room pressure and say, all right, I'm out. See you, Chip. That terrifies me that his resolve is that weak, that a guy that he believed in enough to give as much power as any coach not named Bill Belichick in the NFL. And then at the first sign of trouble, the first and granted bad, ugly, disgusting looking trouble he just bails that's it he he, he caves to to the pressure outside that terrifies me because yeah. no matter what happens with chip jeffrey Lurie's not going anywhere yeah and, and that's why i'm saying like we can talk about how he hung on to andy for a long time but that was a really it was a 14 year period we're talking about yeah. one more year and his hand got forced by that that championship game like we talked about yeah. he probably would have been out in 09 and they get to that championship game and then you know things kind of 
and ju- yeah, and just like we were talking about earlier, though, and Brandon brought up a good point here. The, I don't think it's just like I believe in Chip Kelly, and that's where I'm going to go. I don't think he had a choice. I don't think he had a choice there. There was, there was, you know, it was that, over a that, That's why we don't know. We don't know exactly what happened there. We all just have this thing where it's just like, you know, he walked into the office, marched into the office, and said, "This wasn't going to work." I don't even. I don't think he was even upset that Tom Gamble got fired. To be honest. I don't think they were. I don't think they were in in either plans there with Howie or with Chip. I don't think that was there. But I, I, I'm sure that that to me that was way more of a panic move than it was like this is what we want to do going forward. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Do you do you feel that at all, BLG? Like that was more of a panic of like, oh God, I have to choose between Howie and the coach. I, I guess I have to go with the coach because if I if I if I let go of Chip Kelly after two winning seasons that's going to look terrible. Yeah, like I said, you don't want to be in a hardball situation where you have this promising coach who's winning games and then you lose him. I think it it really was a no-win situation because we James has talked about it. I mean, he he was forced into a spot where he had to pick, you know, all right, do I want to I have I have this much confidence in the coach. Yes. But I just saw a situation with Andy Reid where it didn't work out. And now I'm kind of being forced back into it. Yeah, it doesn't maybe, make sense. And maybe I do have some more faith because Chip had been really promising. But at the same time, I, I, I have to feel like, you know, Lurie had that thought in the back of his head. And remember, remember the interview after the Giants game, week 17 last year, Jeffrey Lurie said Howie Roseman is not going anywhere as a GM. Yeah. And then, boom, a couple of days later. There it is. He's gone. Yeah, which really brings it into the resolve thing again and all that. But I, I also think, though, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it was just, you know, I don't, I think he believed in Chip the whole thing because he let Chip come in and, and inst- install this whole new program, this whole way of, of doing things. And granted, part of that is coaching, but part of that is is overseeing the whole way the organization functions. And I do think that he had confidence in Chip to do that type of stuff. I don't think it was just being forced into it. Yeah, no, I don't think, I think it was just a lot of different factors going into it. I don't think there was any like 100% faith of in, in anything here. As we go to Angel in Jersey. Angel, what's happening, man? How you guys doing this morning? Good. Good, Angel. How are you? Good, good. I'm going to be quick. I have two points. I just got to work. So uh, my my first point is the offensive line is the key to this whole thing. I, I hear a lot of um, talk about, you know, different personnel. We cannot do anything without an offensive line. Our running game is uh, taking a hit. Um, our quarterback, you know, we don't have a great quarterback, but I'll tell you, with a better offensive line, we would have a better quarterback. Um, that's my first point. Um, what I really called for is to talk about Chip. Chip has to go. And the reason for that is the man does not know how to adapt. If I see uh, the ball on the one-yard line one more time and us go out of the shotgun, I'm going to lose it. And I've already lost it. But that's my main thing there is he does not know how to adapt. Well, yeah, and I, I uh, Angel, we appreciate the call, man, and uh, thanks for hanging out before you had to go into work. It's uh, that's uh, awesome. We uh, appreciate it. But we, yeah, I, I don't, the, the shotgun thing is is the least of my worries in that, and that's the other thing we discussed too. Is where you know a lot of this. I mean, we're we're talking about yeah, GM, uh, Chip the GM, but there's a lot on Chip the coach too. I mean, there's there's tons of different adjustments that I think he one I think he cornered himself into. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm, uh, it's it's the point of like usage. And the personnel, I'm still on board. I know he's hurt right now, but even before then, with not having Matthews go over Murray because of the situation, the money, and everything else. But I, yeah, I, I just there, there are some things there that's still bad. Like why is why is Miles Austin even taking snaps? Like why, why is it on the team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is, why is Cooper. Cooper? Why why is I'm like if we're if we're pining for a Jira Tutu? 
to have snaps yeah. over this thing. Like, just because he's earned it. Terrible. Yeah, it's just, he can't catch either. At least he's playing hard. But he's playing hard. But, but also, uh, uh, while those are real concerns, you can't say that the guy can't adjust because we've seen it even this season from first half to second half. We have seen him come out in games and make really good coaching adjustments in game. Where, you know, so there are, there are flashes of that. Uh, I just think that it's so much bang your head against the wall kind of stuff. So much running the same plays, putting his players in bad positions, positions where they're not going to have the best opportunities to succeed. And that obviously is a worry. But I do think he has shown that he can adjust, uh, just not doing enough of it. And and to go not to go back to things that maybe necessarily working or certain players like we've we've I think we talk out of both sides of our mouth on that too where you know one week we're saying oh you got to throw how how do you not go back to Josh up there and then the next week is like why the hell are you throwing the Josh up sure, I but, think I, but but I agree in those situations you have to do those things yeah and, and well when he's got a 39 yard touchdown on his first touch and then you don't give him the ball again the entire they game don't even target him they well you don't that's him. what I mean like like at least you don't have enough explosive players on this team that you can never target Josh up that you can give the ball to Sproles yeah. twice in that last game that you only have a, a a very small amount of explosiveness on this offense right now which we can go back to to blaming chip the GM for but in terms of in-game, you know, how do you not use the, the little bit of explosiveness you have? Yeah, it's weird to me that he has no worries about the continuity as a GM. But once he gets into the season and once he gets stuck to one thing, like, again, with Cooper and with all those things, like, there, there if there are things that are working, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily ride those things that did work. And, and that's confusing to me. I think that's what we were just basically yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, that's the point. But how how do you how do you not care about the continuity of the team by throwing it out and then not caring about the continuity one when they're actually playing? Yeah, and he also has, has used the continuity earlier in the season before the defense fell off a cliff. Yeah. He used continuity as the reason why they were having so much success. Yeah, that and doesn't that, make sense to it me. It doesn't make any sense. It, it really is talking out both sides of his mouth. Uh, let's go to Jerry on a cell. Jerry, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I wasn't going to call in, but I guess you guys made me call in. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. There it is. You guys are just, you build me up to bring me down. Like, it, I was out week two. Listen to the radio. Listen to it. Every Sunday I hear you guys. You guys build me up for a game. I get knocked back down. Same with Anthony Gargano, but Anthony Gargano fell off. I want Chip Kelly out. Like, the the, the, the crazy part about him is, He's he's controlling everything, so it's not like you can put him separately as a coach and he can fix it. You help him out. How can he help himself out? He's stuck in a position where he cannot help himself out, and yeah, you got to walk away, man. That's all I wanted to say. I got to get back to work. No, I pre- I, no, we appreciate, we appreciate it, Jerry. It. No, that's what we were just basically saying. That I think I think he's cornered himself here, yeah. at least for this season. He definitely cornered himself into it this season. Chip the GM has made Chip the coach look bad. And I always, I always assumed, and a poor underestimation by me, that along with Bradford and everything else, that there would be, it would take time for this to come together. And then the secondary and the defense came together quicker than I thought. The offense certainly fell off a damn cliff. And now you're panicking here and like, oh my God, this is, this is disastrous. And then when they finally start getting a, a, just a tiny bit of momentum, from even though they lost to Carolina, I still thought, uh, you know, a lot of the working part, at least Bradford was working at that point. That was uh, his best game in my impro- opinion. Improving. Uh, but then the wide receivers decided not to catch balls. Then the offensive line fell apart. And it just like, 
I, I, I gave them to the bye week, and then ever since Miami came, and I wasn't here last week, but ever since this is, and that's something I wanted to point out. Last time was just like I was, I was out for the season. Like if you yeah. couldn't turn it on with that, with that squad, and now there's just these two back-to-back disastrous things here. It, it's, it's really been a big downturn, and I, I, I don't. That's, I don't know. I, I still think that there are. I mean, tell me if I'm crazy here, BLG, because I still think You're crazy. The, the, I thank you very much. I agree. I think the core of this team is still not as bad as we are saying it is, and there's still. Like the the thing with Eric Rowe is is now just gone a, a little bit crazy. All right, you can't play corner. Well, Jesus, I mean, like it, it, he hasn't played all year, and it's Kevin Johnson. Yeah, and that, that's and to, I, I don't know. Like, sure, I I would love to see him at free safety because I think that's where he was best positioned at. But it doesn't mean that he can't play the position. I actually thought he guarded Johnson pretty well, you know, with the circumstances that are there. So I I, I don't know is. Is Aguilar and Rowe and Hicks not enough as 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 building on pieces to what's already here in your mind, or is that is that a wash? Are you kind of well, out? You mentioned the core of this team. Well, who is the core? Of this I don't team, know. John? That's I what I'm saying. I, I have no either. idea. You, to me, it starts at quarterback, and we keep coming back to this. You know, you want to talk about a caller earlier mentioned how if you have a better offensive line, you have a better quarterback. No, you got to you can't yeah. you can't stick Nick Foles back there and get a better offensive line and suddenly you're contenders. It doesn't work that way. It's not going to work. We can look at Dallas Cowboys and Matt Castle, for exactly. example. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Got, well, the Cowboys have the best offensive line in NFL history <laughs> in the history of the world, and they couldn't win a game with Matt Castle. So what does that tell you? Uh, it really comes back to the quarterback. And I said earlier in the show that you know they've they've just kind of been unlucky in situations where they haven't been in position to get one, and then when they were. It looked like they kind of had one with Nick Foles, so they were kind of tempted to not go for it. It's never been like, there's never been the opportunity since McNabb. Yeah. Where it was like, all right, we need a quarterback for sure. Yeah. And there's one available and we can go get him. No, it's been like, well, we think we have one or we know we need one and we can't get one. Well, well, and they tried to get, or or we think they tried to get one, right? I mean, that we spent a whole offseason. Yeah. Talking about how that guy was there, and we came up with every absurd, you know, uh, franchise crippling scenario that we could come up with to go up and get Marcus Mariota. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen, but but even then, even though we weren't in the position to do it, they they still, you know, at least that that idea was still out there. What well, it would have been a hell of a lot easier to explain, uh, but there would still be there would still be a, a ton of. Just fiery hot anger. Yeah. If there was, if Fletcher Cox wasn't here and, and Kendricks wasn't two here, and, first and you're not yeah, yeah, sure. Just, it, so, it's, it, but it, it would have been a lot easier to explain. Just like guys, we don't have a quarterback. You have to build it from there. Um, obviously, it was a stretch to even happen. Listen, they were way more interested, and I think the people were. So it was like, oh, there was no chance. There was a chance. There was a chance. They just didn't want to take that humongous. I would have given up the entire draft. Well, it wasn't up to them. Yeah, I think that's what it came down to. I think he would have. I think he would have. I think he would have probably given up whatever it took more or less. I think that in the end... Tennessee said, you know no, what? We're just going to go with We're going to take the franchise, which, yeah. which, which was smart. the smart move. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, who knows? Like, that's why it's I, – I don't know. Like, the, the, the other thing for me, it was, it was just such a – this season was such a tough decision on what exactly to do. You know, I, I there was uh, – I think that's the one thing that we, we also forget is, like, when we were screaming last offseason, it was quarterback and secondary. And so uh, what I thought was, you know, I don't, and I don't know if he can necessarily say that the, the secondary is fixed now because obviously it's, you know, it's been very up and down. But 
those were the two main things, and I think that's where they got tunnel vision there, too. It was yeah. like, give me a quarterback and get me secondary. That's how they drafted. We need a wide receiver to fill this. Like, there was just so many other different spots. Like, I, again, I go back to the same thing. If Fletcher and Kerry Williams were here, Kerry Williams being benched, by the way, uh, and uh, you can talk about the money they spent and, and, and all of that, but they're still, they had to, they at least had to do that because you would have had nothing else. You forget about Ja'Cory Shepard because, you know, the ACL and everybody, I, I, I don't know. And they look at Eric Rowan, they say he can't play. You look at Nolan Carroll, who's injured now. It, it, I, I don't know. There was, just, there was just a lot going on, and they, you know, they tried to make it up in, in one offseason, and that's where they failed this year. And we, we did see some success there at times as well, right? I mean, that secondary, for a little while, what, a, a four- or five-game stretch, was the best we've seen in a long time in Philadelphia. You know, yeah. there there was a five-game stretch where Maxwell was playing well. I think Carroll was underrated all season for the most part. And obviously those safeties played really well. So there was a stretch where this was a, a, a solid to good secondary. Yeah, I just I think that they just, again, the offense isn't working. The same trend, that's the more concerning thing to me, is the same trend happened again. You didn't reduce the turnovers on the offense. You didn't score effing points, which is this offense is supposed to do. And we always said since he came in here, you don't even have to have a top 10 defense. It just needs to be in that 15, and they should be able to score 28 to 30 points a game. And they've come nowhere close to that consistency. And that has a lot to do with Bradford worrying, I'm, I'm sure, worrying about the ACL and the same with Kiko yeah. Alonso. You know, I mean, like that's all Kiko. He's yeah. not the same guy. You watched every single snap in Buffalo. Yeah. He was explosive. He was instinctive. Those are probably the two adjectives you would use to describe his play there: instinctive and explosive. And he is clearly not trusting it. He had, both of it is gone. Uh, one really eliminates the other, right? Instinctiveness, the explosiveness. He just goes and makes that play. He's hesitating. Plays are coming to him right now. He's not the same player he was. No, not at all. We'll quickly uh, try and get back to the phone lines here. Rick in Wilmington, what's going on, Rick? Hey, what's happening? Hey, Rick. Hey, hey I, I think the core is terrible. But the very first thing that Chip Kelly should have done, and Iton Shander, I, I sent him texts, emails, um, Twitter rather, two years ago, was to find his quarterback. It's the first thing that you do. Yep. Okay? It's hard to argue with that. And the first thing he should have done, and I don't know if he's going to try to be a great quarterback or not, and I'm sure Shandra's listening to this. <laughs> I said you got to get Derek Carr in there. Uh, well, yeah, I think everybody. Yeah, I mean, you like, were right, Rick. That's, uh, the Browns. <laughs> the Browns apparently wanted him too, and they yeah, passed them up. They so. took Manziel. A lot no. of people, get, I think, went with the last name and didn't just look at the tape on got the field. Got scared, well, yeah. Yeah, and, and no one said a lot. Then you go and you get a Marcus Smith. But the problem with where the Eagles are at and they're going in the tank is that chip coach and GM, it's one entity. You cannot separate those two at this point in the game because he's not going to go back to be just the coach. And when you bring in Bradford, who is broken, you bring in even Ryan Matthews, who is good, but it's always been injured in San Diego. Kiko Alonso's injured all the time. And you give up a second-round draft choice for Bradford. It's the whole package that the city is upset about. And, Rick, I, I understand that. But, I mean, like, Nolan Carroll was a guy that didn't have an injury history, and he got injured. Uh, Zach Ertz was the same way. He got injured. I think that's just – it's part of the league. I, I understand the concern there, but you can't just be completely scared out of it. Look, we got a – a lot more coming up to uh, to get a get ahead here. We're in the final stretch. We got Shander and Mosier coming up uh, at ten o'clock. Before that, we'll talk to Kyle Scott at nine forty-five. More coming up right now on BGN Radio, presented by BleedingGreenNation.com on ninety-seven-five. The Fanatic.
It's BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. John Barchard, James Zeltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton doing a little three-man weave this morning. We got uh, Eitan Schender, Jeff Mosier coming up at 10 o'clock. But, you know, we're, uh, and we want to get to the phone line soon. I think we'll do that. We're just, there. I think there's just, there's too many questions and there's not enough answers. That's And, and that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, and I just think that we're, a lot of us are at the point where we just want to throw the whole thing out and start over again. But I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the greatest plan either. And we're, we're just latching on to names, uh, you know, other situations like it's going to be better. It's not necessarily better. And I'm not saying riding with chip is going to be that much better than, than, uh, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to change, but I mean, there was just so much that went on this off season from, and we were even talking about that from Mario, the Mariota craziness to everybody being, you know, cut, not resigned, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to see now that it, it, it hopefully it's not as a dramatic of an off season, although we do enjoy the clicks when it, when it does get uh, dramatic like that. But it is, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to see. I don't think one year is going to crush or hurt this team uh, is staying with this and, and just making, hopefully, you, you see those adjustments here. Yeah, well, especially when you commit to something, one offseason is not enough, especially when you're going with a, a new starting quarterback, new starting running back, new starting receiver. I mean, you're, there's so many changes. New starting guards. Oh, my God, don't let me forget that. I know that people will <laughs> yeah. freak out yeah. if I don't. But but in reality, it's a lot of turnover in one offseason. Yes, we all thought it would work, and I think that the whole Super Bowl expectations and, and people picking this team to win. and That's our I, fault, too. Yeah, it's yeah. our fault. Yep. That's the national media's fault. It's, it's all of our fault, but I think that it it has led to this level of, of vitriol right now. If, if we had all been sold a, a rebuilding or restocking kind of bill of goods, you know, we might have a different perception of it now because we might have expected it not to turn out as well as it. <laughs> yeah, what's knows. the uh, what's the BS like PR line? Oh yeah, we're not rebuilding, we're, we're retooling. Retooling. <laughs> retooling. Yeah, give me a break. All right, uh, let's go to Joe in a cell. Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Good, good. All right, so um, I, I just <laughs> I, I, when Chip Kelly was hired, I remember uh, vividly, not not you guys necessarily, but. All the media guys were like so thought we were it was such an upgrade in coaching because Andy Reid was gone. Yeah, uh, well, not, not not everybody, well, <laughs> but well, some. About, yeah, just, just about everybody. Well, you know, let, let me just say that. Oh, by the way, how's Kansas City doing? Yeah, they look good. Well, they're starting. To, I mean, but, they're but starting to get back quick, there. Real quick, Joe, I guess. I, I, I'm going to let you make your point. I know where you're going, but but let's not forget that Andy Reid is still not a great in-game coach. I, I know Kansas City's doing well, but that dude is not good at managing the clock. He is not the best in-game coach at making I, adjustments. That's still true, Joe. I'm not. I'm not saying he is, but he's a very good NFL coach. Agree. Yeah, he is. 100. percent Solid coach. And now what we got. I'll tell you why he's a good coach because he happened to make the great. The best draft pick that we've had in the last 20 years was he drafted Donovan McNabb. No question. A franchise yep. quarterback. And, and I know, again, we tend to – he throws at people's feet. Well, he also threw for 40,000 yards, 250 touchdowns. Are oh, you kidding and, me, you dude? Got, we would, so we would, we would take – I would take Donovan right now. Yeah. I, and, uh, ten yeah times in, his, to... in, his, in his prime, absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing is, we tried seven quarterbacks. So as I lay in bed at night, I count the quarterbacks that we tried to replace him with. You know, he used to win. You guys remember, he used to literally win games by himself with the help of no one at times. Like, well, yeah, but also, I mean, like, Joe, and, and that's true. I mean, like, 
Cobb you won games with, and so much so that it blinded a lot of people to be like, oh, yeah, he can be the next guy. And then one game in, and you go, go with, with Michael Vick. But I mean, AJ you, Feely, all these names. You, you could also make the argument with Chip, with the talent that's been here. There hasn't been a starting quarterback. At least Chip had, or excuse me, at least Andy, and rightfully so, had the balls to be like, we're not taking Ricky Williams. We're, we're rolling with the quarterback. That's the most important position. And and he was right here. Let's go to uh, Sam. Sam, you're on uh, BGN Radio. Hey, um, Chip Kelly got me feeling like Manti Teo, man. He catfished me. <laughs> he catfished the hell out of me. That is a great, bro. that's good. That's pretty good, Sam. Bro, I'm running around out here with my Notre Dame jersey on. I feel like Manti Teo right now. Uh, not, a, not a great day for Notre Dame fans. How about, how about them trees, huh? I don't, I, I don't have a Notre Dame jersey on. But oh, you get what I'm saying, bro? I was that guy. I was that guy that all these, uh, uh, what's his name, Mark Schlereth, when they were talking crap about Chip Kelly, I'd be like, you're just jealous because you're an old school guy. My coach is the best. No, he ain't. He is garbage. I can't stand this fool. Garbage, not garbage. Only thing I'm looking forward to is, please, get a running, get, go get Kaepernick. I just oh, no, please, no more Kaepernick. Bro. Sam, we appreciate the call, bud. I, I, you know, I get I get it. But, there, I mean, like, there are some people that are like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you just trade Fletcher Cox? I don't understand. Like, what are you, crazy? Kaepernick is, is a product of, I think, a couple of things. Of Harbaugh being there, them being in the right time, having a fantastic, you know, t- I, I, he is not an upgrade over over, over Bradford. I I, I don't think so. I, well, here's the thing. I don't think that ultimately Cap is smart enough to, to be a great NFL quarterback from, from a NFL perspective. But you know what? At this point, I'd be okay with it. Like, I'm not a Kaepernick I, guy, but uh, but I'd, I'd take that shot. Why not? I'm not opposed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you need to try something at quarterback. You, you, you There are so many – there's so many – there's just a big need for a quarterback in this team. I can't, I can't stress it enough. Uh, but but when it comes to Kaepernick, I think the thing that kind of turns you off there is it, it just feels like another. It could be another Sam Bradford thing where you're trading for him, and it's just like eh, like you, you just wanna, wouldn't have to give up the extra I, stuff. Well, right? I'm, I'm fine with trying any, for like a fifth, six, right? I mean, with that contract, yeah, see, I'm trying. I'm I'm up for anything if they're free agents. But I, I'm not necessarily right, on with the yeah, picks. Exactly, you can take a flyer, whatever. Yeah, but conditional pick maybe or something. But it's not good enough for me. I want them to draft a young guy, and I think everyone wants that. That was yeah. part of the huge appeal with Marcus Mariota, not just being connected to Chip and everything, just being like a young guy you're getting in here. He's going to grow with the team. They haven't had that, and they keep trying to plug in these guys like Bradford and Vic and, and whoever, and it hasn't been working, and I think everyone wants to, to see the team draft a guy young and, and early, not like Nick Foles, like third round. Not Nick thing. Foles young. And not, just literally not <laughs> Nick Foles. But a guy who's like a first-round pick who you're, who you're bringing in and saying, all right, this is the guy, and we're going to try to build around this guy. And I know it's kind of going to be tough, but I, you know, if, it depends on where, where these guys kind of fall. And it's still, it's still way up in the air as far as who exactly is the best quarterback in here. But if, if you can select one of Cook, one of Goff, one of Brissett, one of Lynch, Lynch who's – I think it's severely overrated at yeah, this point. Yeah, I do too. I think that narrative is uh Yeah, I, I don't think he's a first-rounder, but if he's there, you know, if he's around where you can move up to the second yeah. round, and I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that, but... Um, Even a later it, shot on Boykin or something. I mean, just yeah, something, like something somebody there can move to around and do something, you know, and... Stephen Morris and and you know Ted Lewis are gonna are pretty much the, they are what they are. I don't think you're gonna be able to develop them. As uh, we go to speaking of the Eagles quarterback situation, Wade and Chester, what's going on, bud? How y'all doing, man? Good. What's up, Wade? I just want to keep on hitting on this thing is that we act like we don't know football. Because the key to having a good team, not a great team, a good team is having a good defensive line and a good offensive line and a quarterback. 
who have been in your system for three or more years. If you look at any team in the NFL right now that is good and that you will see a team that if he did, you'll see that quarterback's been in that system for three or more years. Yep. If it's a bad team, you'll see that the quarterback's been in that system for one or two years, even if he was once good. Remember Kaepernick was once good? Yep. He almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he was there. That's right. System. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would just love to see if we would have given the team that we had that was scoring 26 points a game, and I'm talking about the Deshaun, uh, Nick Foles, that was a continuity connecting team. If you look at the reality of it, if we would have kept that team together, there's no way in the world we wouldn't be the best team in the East. There's no way because well, why? Yeah, that, and that's, yeah, you know what? That's, that's probably true. The East is atrocious. I think that's fair. But it's... Uh, but not, are you winning with, a, su- I, are you winning a Super Bowl, right? That's, not contending. Not with Nick Foles in this offensive no. line. Sorry. And look, and and it, and it's been it's been almost mocked with all that's happened, but the the general overall philosophy of wanting to go from good to great is what we want. We want a yeah. coach who's going to take a big shot, who wants to win the Super Bowl and nothing else. Ten, the, he keeps saying ten wins is not okay. Yes, yeah, he's that's right. right. That's right. It's it's not okay. And quickly, we go to Joe and Barrington. Joe, what's happening, man? How you doing, guys? I, I agree with the guy before. It's just, you're, you're built between your offensive line and your defensive line. It looked like we had a good defensive line, and I don't know what happened these last two games. But, you know, we were getting pressure, which made the linebackers better. But obviously the linebackers didn't do well. But I, I, my fix is the other thing that killed them is their special teams killed them this year. I mean, that, yeah. that kicker yeah. lost two games, and the first kicker lost the first game. I mean, so you got – Special teams got weak, and when you got rid of Casey and Polk and guys like that, Casey, what, he blocked two punts last year, and that made Burton more of a a special teams player. So, you know, you bring in Miles Austin, who has no special teams value, none, zero. Okay? I mean, get another tight end. Casey was out there. I think this year's He's lost. still out there. Develop another young tight end. Get rid of Austin. Yeah, get rid yeah. Of a no, I I agree, Joe, and I apologize. We're just up against the break. Otherwise, no, it's a great call. Absolutely. Great call. And there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this, this off season was was too frantic to try and change everything all at once. So that's why I want to. See, that's all I'm saying. I just want to see how this kind of plays out. I don't think another year is going to really harm or kill this team any any further. Uh, well, we're going to get uh, into our NFL picks with Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com. It's coming up next right here on BGN Radio. You're listening to us right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's BGN Radio, right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, NFL action uh, coming up along with uh, Jeff Mosher and Aton Chandler is going to take over here at 10 o'clock. But at 1 o'clock, you got Raiders-Titans, which interestingly enough, uh, Mr. Ian Rappaport is saying don't rule out the Titans if they have interest in Chip Kelly. That would be my ultimate. Oh, that's God. my nightmare. That's if, my- if he goes to Tennessee and, and ultimately someday wins a, a Super Bowl with Mariota, I... I might be. I'm out. I'm Uh, it. That's uh, it. The Sixers Grizzlies also coming up at 6 p.m. right here on the Fanatic. And I just want to remind you about the Fanatic deal of the week. It's this week only. You buy one large adult, or excuse me, buy one adult general admission ticket to the National Constitution Center and get one for free. Explore the history of changing America diet in uh, What's Cooking Uncle Sam, a multimedia exhibit. Hurry, because the deal ends today. Uh, But with that being said, it is time to get into the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. 
it was, uh, it's been a pretty interesting uh, week of uh, NFL picking. I think we've been uh, hitting and missing. I tell you one man that's been uh, recently on fire, and that's Mr. Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com, who joins us right now. Kyle, what's happening this morning, man? How are you? I just saw that wrap-up report, and uh, <laughs> if he goes if he goes to the Titans and wins with Mariota and Belichick, you know, Belichick, Browns us. Uh, I'm not. I'm with. I'm with James. I'm out. I'm yeah. Not. yeah, I'm <laughs> just. I'm, I'm jumping off a bridge immediately. But uh, yeah, we're uh, a couple of interesting games this Sunday. Uh, we're going to start with one of the bigger ones. A pretty interesting matchup. Seattle is a three and a half point favorite at home against Pittsburgh. Mr. Kyle Scott, who do you have in this one? Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh's got four really tough games coming up. I mean, they got uh, the Seahawks today and the Colts, Bengals, and Broncos. So this is their this is make or break for their mediocre season thus far. Uh, Seahawks have been playing better of late. I'm going to go with the Seahawks uh, to win and cover. I think the, the Steelers, uh, I don't know, they're looking forward a little. They get a tough stretch, and they're going to be caught off guard here. If, if I've learned one thing during this segment all season, it is to do what Kyle Scott says. <laughs> I'm going to agree and go with the Seahawks. A couple quick stats for you in their last 27 games. Uh, the Seahawks when playing their second straight home game, 26, or excuse me, 21 and six against the spread. And uh, when playing a competitive uh, uh, team, not favored by more than a touchdown home game, 12 and two in their last 14. Let's take those Seahawks with the points, given the points. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks, too. Defense has been really good outside of that uh, game where they allowed 39 to the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are on a roll. They're really good. Outside of that, i like to see it, the Hawks' defense to get this one. Yeah, it's got pretty much a clean sweep around here. I'm not going to go against Seattle. They've been playing uh, pretty decently uh, lately here. Well, let's uh, skip on over to another big game of the week. As, uh, the line's been kind of funny here, uh, Mr. Kyle Scott. you got New England. you got Denver. Uh, oh, New England opened as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. It has since gone to two-and-a-half, three in some spots. Uh, who do you have in this matchup? See, there's a reason for that. I, my opinion, Patriots right now, right now, at this point in the season, are the worst 10-0 team of all time. Barely squeaked by the Giants. Tough game against the Bills. They won uh, largely in part to Dan, Danny Amendola having a big day. I believe he is out today. Uh, the Broncos, I think, are better with Brock Osweiler. Uh, Going to go with the Broncos here to cover and win outright and start the first of a two-game slide for the Patriots. Whoa! Yes, Whoa! yes. Whoa! Ten and two after next week, the Patriots will be. Uh, maybe that second one's a little bit of a longer <laughs> shot, but uh, they lose tonight to the Broncos. I'm going to have to ring the bell. I have to take the Patriots. Uh, I, I don't buy the weak, undefeated thing. I think I can't bet against the reigning champs until they show me something. I'm with uh, I'm with BLG here. I, I I just like the, I don't know, the line's, uh, line's a little scary and a, uh, and going against Kyle lately has been uh, my demise, but I'm sticking with the Patriots and the points. I, ring the bell on you two. I'm with <laughs> Kyle. I, what are you guys talking about? Uh, you know, uh, Denver, I think Denver is is a good team right now. I, I, Brock Icewater, as, as yeah. Sal Powell said. I think that defense is good. They're going to miss where. Uh, I actually think it's a close game one way or the other, so I'm just going to take the points. I don't know if the Broncos win or not. I, I think they do, but I think it's a really close game, and, and I'll risk it with the points. Well, we'll stick in the NFC East for our last go here as uh, – it's it's an interest. It's it's basically. I don't know, uh, Kyle. First of all, if you just want the season to end and just have the Giants win and just kind of you know <laughs> extend that gap between, so we don't have to say half game out, game out, whatever it's going to be here. But uh, it, another interesting line it started at one and a half, now has bumped up a full point to two and a half. Giants, Washington. Who do you have in this one? Uh, all right. So just looking, these numbers represent uh, twenty seven, forty nine. 32 and 26. Those are the Giants scoring output for the last four games. They've had two weeks off the plan for this one. 
think there's going to be a little bit of a weather situation down there, but the fact the line's still moving in the Giants' favor, I'm going to go with the Giants. I just think they're uh, they're much better than the Redskins. It's a class of this uh, turd of an NFC East, oh, and uh, they put the Eagles out of the misery today. <laughs> how, how gross is that, that the Giants are the class of anything? <laughs> but again, I will stick with a theme here today. I'm going with Kyle. The, yeah, Washington's bad. I, I know they're 4-6. and six. I know they found a way to win some games. Uh, they're a bad football team. I think the Giants, coming off of a bye, a little rested, I think they go in there. And, and I actually think they win it relatively easily. I, I see it's like a 10-point 10, 10 win today. Ring the bell. Ah, there it yeah. is. I'm taking Washington. I like the points. Uh, I think, how about this? I think Washington wins the NFC. Wow. Oh, how about that? And, and, and hold on, though. Just to combat that, I forgot to throw my gambling set in because, you know, I do that. <laughs> Washington 14 and 28 against the spread since uh, the start of 2013. Season. Well, there you go. Uh, I am also on the other side. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sticking with the Giants here. I, yeah. I, I just think there's, you know, I, I, that defense is still terrible. I know they play well at home, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting as no, uh, Chris Culliver we, as well. We, yeah, we kind of we kind of make this make this out here, but I yeah I think the Giants this is this is their time to kind of take the uh, take hold of the division and that, and that's where it's going to be. So I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. I mean, I just want to get your thoughts as we're exiting out here. I mean, what is for you? What is the biggest problem? And more or less, I mean, are you willing to give Chip another year to kind of maybe figure this thing out, or are you on the same level as a lot of people think and you just want him gone here? Yeah, look, I think if, if you've decided last year that you're going to give Chip all this power and give him a chance to do what he does, you got you got to give him two years to do it. I understand that the personnel decisions he's been behind haven't panned out thus far, um, but you got to give anyone there's, – there's only so much he could have done this offseason to bring in the types of guys he wanted. Now, granted, the Murray decision, the Byron Maxwell decision have been absolutely terrible, um, but they're not the entire team. You need – you need to give him some time if if you're going to give him that sort of power. But uh, on the flip side, I, I think more concerning than the fact that they lack skill at certain positions, they've had a lot of injuries. I mean, they, they, Chip's they're boneheaded coaching things. I mean, guys not being ready to play, uh, weird decisions with clock and field management, uh, just a, a stubbornness to run the same plays on both sides of the ball consistently that are not working. Those things are more concerning to me than the fact that they don't have a great quarterback. They have a, a screwed up line. Uh, the receivers stink. DeMarco Murray's a bum. I mean, so besides all of that stuff, there's been uh, concerning things that we didn't see uh from the Eagles and Kelly's first two years. That's what I'm most worried about. And I just think the guys quit on him this year. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It really is the answer. Yeah. And it could be, that's one of the things we were saying is just like, it could be, I, I think there's a lot of GM stuff. That's definitely true. And I, I don't think the coaching side is talked about enough, but Kyle, we appreciate it, buddy. Crossingbroad.com, of course, for all the uh, misery, the lovely, and, of course, uh, come for the articles, stay for the comments. Kyle, we appreciate it, bud. Thanks, man. Thanks, bud. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us. we got Aton Shannon, Jeff Mosier. Going to continue the Eagles discussion here as, uh, I don't know, maybe they got to, they're got they much smarter people than we maybe, are. So. Maybe, they have, maybe the they have the answer. They have the answer. <laughs> Tune in for that. Yes. Uh, and uh, thank you to Jason Duffy and, of course, BLG in the house. Of course. Exciting. And, uh, Brandon Lee County for James Elter, for John Barchard, bleedinggreennation.com for all of your uh, wonderful Eagles articles. Yes, as we and have BGN Radio as well. Very talented staff. You can catch us at BGN underscore radio. You can also, if you're out there, because this is going to be our podcast for the week, subscribe to us on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. You can find that all and just do a quick search on, the, on there. But we appreciate it. Philadelphia, we love you. We're back next Sunday. We're back next Sunday. We'll see you real soon.
T-L-E